listening to Step Up Nigeria's podcast. Our podcast is an initiative built to create awareness of governance issues that highlight the cost of corruption and its impact on service delivery. It is also aimed at promoting values that will help build a society with people of integrity and provide solutions to service delivery challenges faced by everyday Nigerians. My name is Vanessa Emadi and I'm your host for this podcast. In the 2023 general elections that took place in February and March, the Independent National Electoral Commission, INEC, recorded over 9.5 million newly registered voters, 76% of which were young people. In total, there were 93.46 million registered voters and young people were over 37 million. In the past, elected presidents had way less than 37 million votes, the lowest being the 2019 elections, where General Mohamedou Buhari got 15 million votes. Today, we'll be speaking with young people, two of which are first-time voters, about the experiences at the general elections and lessons learned. I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Grace, and I'm a makeup artist and also an accountant. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Grace. My name is David, and I'm a social development enthusiast, Um, also someone who looks out for physical growth, and it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you, David. My name is um, Shokogaza Ibrahim Kure. I'm a cinematographer and a veterinary surgeon in a couple of months. I just like good things. That's just me. You've forgotten that you're an aspiring politician. Thank you all for being here. I really appreciate it. Before we begin, did any of you have any expectations for the 2023 general elections? Oh, yes. I had the <laughs> expectations. According to Yoruba, they say, oh, for like, the expectations were so high. <laughs> and I think I, I'm one of the first time voters here. This was actually my first election. Usually when elections happen in Nigeria, in my head, I'm like, these guys already know who they want. So... We wanted to change that narrative, this particular um, election, starting from the presidential to the um, governorship election. And to be honest, were my expectations met? No. I mean, um, every one of us here had expectations. (laughs) Just as Grace has said, I I think mine was above the roof. Um, Particularly for myself, it was, man, there's going to be so much change experienced all across the country. The movement, the youth. We're going to put like more than 50% of all the young people in every electoral office ever possible. I also expected that I'll have some of my um, peers, per se, people who are so much about people development, social development, people who want to see other people rise. That was my expectation. In a scale of 100%, um, all the expectations that I had, I think the only thing I could see was like 2.5% of that expectation. Um, I ended up getting, uh, I think I managed the, uh, the disappointment. <laughs> I think I managed the disappointment pretty well, but then I, it was it was way, way below. I, I can't say it was way below my expectation, <laughs> to be honest. It was something else. It was like ground zero. But then we're, we're looking forward. I think that's the, that's the bright side of being uh, maybe an African or a Christian or a Nigerian is we always look forward. So yeah, I'll say that. It wasn't meant at all. <laughs> okay, I had a lot of expectations. And my expectations in these elections were not met um, because what I expected was simple. I was expecting an election that will show the real mind of what a true Nigerian or the true Nigerians wanted, who they wanted to choose, who they wanted on the ballot to win. But these expectations were denied. My expectations were not met at all. And I'll say kudos to INEC for showing us their true self. <laughs> Let me start with David. What did you think of the elections then? Uh, I'd like to start with a backstory. Um, the past two elections, I've either been in a state where my card isn't domiciled or I can't remember what happened the first time, but I know that the last time I was in Quara. No, yeah, it was the same thing. It was in Lagos. I moved it to Kwara. I'm from Kwara. I moved it to Lagos. So those were the two reasons why I missed um, voting the last time. So the expectation was high because before then, I kept encouraging people. There was so much of work. Oh, your votes count. So don't tell your votes. So it was a lot of work, like a lot of work. Then building up towards 
one week, two weeks, people will ask, who are you voting for? Because I needed to stand on the ground, say, vote your conscience, vote who you think is right, look for who it was. I went around advocating, do not look for the party, look at the individual, look at the manifest manifesto. So those are all the things that uh, are building up from then. Towards the election, it was, it was interesting because I, for one, stood up very early, told everybody in my house, oh yeah, everybody were going to vote. And so it was it was so much of energy compared to maybe the, the governorship because we all know what happened, right? My experience for this election was was a bit sour because I assumed that everyone who um, INEC had elected to be um, a residing officer and APO, APO one and two, were people who were supposed to understand that this is an institution of integrity. Um, my experience in my polling unit showed that no, that's not, maybe that was not, that was none of the discussions that they had. Um, I think they also had the opportunity of just pushing people who didn't even know what it meant, um, um, talking about the election. Also, they were kind of, I'm not saying they were working with INEC, all of the ad, um, ad hoc staff were inexperienced or inexposed because I was teaching someone how to use the beavers. I have no idea. I had no experience with it. For the people listening, the beavers is the bimodal voter accreditation system. And then the IREF as the INEC results viewing portal. Those were technologies that were employed during the 2023 general elections. It's something that we need to look into. How are those people um, appointed? How are those people selected? What were the basis? Of, so my experience wasn't so great. But then moving on. I'm hoping that uh, it'll be better. Thank you, David. So, Grace, before now, why have you not voted? Why did you decide to participate now? I would say negligence, because at some point we all have to take responsibilities. We are all Nigerians and we can't shy away from that. So I always had the pre-notion that these political guy, party guys, they already know who they want. So whether I vote or not, it won't make a difference. So I didn't, I didn't see the need to have a voter's card much more um, think about, you know, casting my votes because the news you hear about electoral violence, say I never wanted to be caught in the web of, oh, I'm probably going out to cast my vote. And then, you know, they come snatch the ballot box. And, but I realized one thing about um, changes, the more you keep shining away from it, it doesn't happen. And if people, everyone in Nigeria is like myself, we won't have a better country. So hence the reason why, you know, I made up my mind, like this, this, I had to change that narrative in this particular election and I decided to get my voter's card. I'm not going to lie. The process was tedious. It was tedious um, down to collecting the card. I spent three days trying to collect my voter's card. Yes. I had to fight to collect my voter's card. Um, the first, I went to the first place where I was supposed to pick it up and they ha INEC surprisingly had changed my pickup center and I didn't receive any message, um, not no prior information. So I had to start going to the next location. And goodness, the INEC officials who were handing it to us, like they were so rude. And But in my head, I'm like... I have a, I, ha, I knew what I came here for and I'm not going to leave. If, if I have to come here every day until I get my card, I would do that. Eventually, I got my card and then I was so happy that finally I'll get to cast my vote and I would have a clear conscience that whoever is coming into government, you know, I did my own beats and stuff like that. Um, so hence, uh, I, I made up my mind to vote because we, I wanted to change the narrative this, this time. And guess what? My... You know, my hopes were dashed. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I woke up very early on the election morning and I came out to vote. And in my polling unit, we're over 3,000 people. 3,000 people in my polling unit. Guess what? The INEC officials arrived late. An election that was scheduled to start at what time? 8 a.m., 9 a.m.? INEC officials were arriving at 12. Now, that's we understand that, okay. Nigerians are used to the African time. <laughs> but in my head, I'm like, if because if you're arriving late, it is your duty to ensure that, oh, at least if not, nobody even needs the apology. Okay, at least get to work and ensure that, get, get things running and make sure things are in place. And, you know, these people that have been waiting for you since 6 a.m., 7 a.m., like, so that they get to cast their votes and they go home. And the next thing is, we are the ones helping them set up. You know, they didn't even know what to do. A lot of them, do, like David had mentioned, that we have to teach people how to use beaver, their own beaver. We have to teach them how to use it. Can you imagine how absurd? They would, 
I've never seen so much disorganization in my entire life. I was irritated. I was like, it just showed, like, man, I'm like, didn't you guys have a plan? Did, like, when you guys left, what, did you guys have, like, a recce? Did you have, like, did you guys even have a runoff? Okay, this is when we arrive at pulling in it. This is what we're supposed to do. This is, it, it just showed that there was lack of, like, very poor planning. And in my head, I'm like, okay, you know what, whatever the case may be, I'm still here. You're not going to make me change my mind. I'm going to cast my vote. And guess what? Rain started. It started raining heavily. As at that time, 3,000 out, um, out of 3,000 people, only 100 or something people had casted their votes from around 12 to, that was around 4 p.m. when the rain started. I was like, God, are we going to finish today? And then guess what? What really like got me emotional that day, because I actually cried at some point because People said, under the rain, under the sun, I'm not going anywhere. My vote has to count because we need Nigeria to be better. And we are here. We are here. We started it. We must finish it. In my pulling unit, a girl had asthma. She was under the rain. And we, people were like, go home. And she said, no, she's not going anywhere until she cast her vote. That was, that was the level of determination people had. It shows you that people are tired. Like, people want to see a better Nigeria. We, no matter what has happened, um, I'm still an advocate that Nigeria will be better, regardless of what has happened. And guess what? I I stayed at my pony in till 2 a.m. just to cast my votes. 2 a.m. in the morning. And guess what? We're all there. The crowd, we're all there. At 2 a.m., they now said that their beavers have been shut down. So over a thousand plus of us. And guess what? The most painful part is I was just five persons away to casting my vote when that thing happened. So wait, sorry, saw, you did not vote. I sat on the ground. I was like, hey, my village people, they're after me. <laughs> wow. So you were not able to vote at all? I wasn't. I, I came home around 3 a.m. I, I I slept the very uh, with that whole level of disappointment that I had spent over 24 hours trying to, mm-hmm. you know, cast my votes. But it is what it is. Is what it is. So sorry for your experience. How about you, Gaza? How was your time? What, what was it like on election day? You know, the last election, I did not vote because I was so busy trying to manage um, a particular um, function that was given to me on the day of election. Sorry, I can't actually say it out. Um, I went to my polling unit as, uh, as late as 10 o'clock. Because I had traveled all the way from Abuja, um, coming down all the local governments of um, Nasara State from Karu down to Kokona to switch up um, tax for my political party in the name of um, Labour Party. Because um, our secretary and more than half of the escorts of the party had decamped to support the All Progressive um, Congress in my state. So we had to switch our tax immediately to help safeguard um our vote and also put our agent on check so that manipulations will not happen from the other side so we had to go down from abuja switching up all these stacks from karo down to kefi kefi nasarawa then uh, i traveled down to akwanga and that was my route down to lafia where i casted my vote around 10 in the morning now after casting my vote that day uh, we noticed a lot of irregularities around Lafia Metropolis um, where um, individuals um, drive into some polling units where we had strongholds, um, bringing up um, security, NSCDC, to beat up people at the polling units. Um, these um, security men were meant to safeguard the lives of people and not to allow any external influence during the course of this election, but all these things were not checked. Rather, the security personnel were rather used to beat people during the elections in Nasara State. Um, I will quote um, Gaia Mord precisely, polling unit 19. Gaia Mord, Lafayette, Nasara State. Um, a, a reporter was there trying to make report of news. His head was broken. Um, it's on air, on social media. You see his picture there. He was trying to report what is happening on the um, uh, at the polling unit, then he was beaten and his head was broken. His phone was smashed. Gadget was vandalized. He is a staff of Breeze FM, Lafayette, Nassau State. Um, this same individual that carried out that act 
went to around went to poly unit 55 that same day to exhibit some of these same actions and as it is um this is a popular face and everyone knows him in lafia but nothing has been done the government have not said anything in regards to that till this moment INEC have not said anything because his face was showing everywhere now it shows that INEC to an extent have shown their incompetence towards tackling security issues during elections then um reports was so alarming in lafia you know my role um for my political party so i had to be everywhere going from one polling unit to another um receiving calls from every other polling unit reports of what is happening and i was reporting back to the office um where the situation room was because this time around i was on the field to make sure everything was going on well and uh, i was also checking out for any form of um, electoral fraud or election corruption which was alarming in nasara state and i won't lie to you um this election to me is one of the worst compared to the presidential um, i feel um people sat down um after the presidential election to dissect the presidential election and to look at the loopholes that INEC had and use those loopholes to strike in and to create um an environment that was unbalanced um if you check this election compared to the presidential election you notice that the level of uh, violence in this election is is 200 times bigger and greater than the presidential elections and the security in this particular election we had more of military personnel deployed in almost every state and these military personnel could not contain um the level of violence that happened within this election um it gives me cause to worry because it's glaring and it's showing and it's also provocating um i will not lie to you i'm not really too happy and i know um a lot of people even in asara state women have gone on the streets crying um yesterday you you can see them clearly on the road lying down on the road without clothes yeah. um calling out on INEC and saying this is a full day robbery of their mandates because their mandates are being stolen right into their eyes and they are not actually dead they are actually living seeing these things happening and INEC have not said a word and um INEC had um the security personnel had more dominion or they had more dominance on the pu um i am on the pos that the presiding officers at the polling unit the returning officers of the states and the um um state um supervisory um presiding officer uh, that's the ones at the local government level they had full charge of those individuals because they bullied them to do what they wanted to do um you see um i'm just saying this from my own point of view and um the evidence are there um the facts are there i can gladly call them out and and i can say it's based on what i saw because i was on ground and i saw a lot of fraudulent activities that happened within my state i would tell you categorically that this is one of the worst elections that have been recorded in nigeria since the introduction of the bivas machine we were expecting the bivas machine to be um like the key and the game changer for nigeria so we'll that we get there we... soon gaza okay <laughs> we'll get there soon but thank you for your experience i can't imagine being there and watching all of that happening we are supposed to cast our votes it is our civic right our civic duty how do you want us to elect a governor or a leader if we are prevented from casting our votes it's a sad thing david please tell us your experience on election day Okay, my experience on election day. Um presidential election uh was quite interesting because like I said I woke up in the morning told everybody go out. Um my dad also had the same issue this year. His card he moved it to Oshun state because he thought he was going to move there. So he was the only one that didn't go out. So my mom, my younger sister, um I think um one of our very close neighbors also joined us and then we found out that my polling unit was different from theirs but my mom and I were at the same polling unit and my sister and the neighbor went to another polling unit. I think I got there at about 10 or t- past 10. My younger sister came after me and while on their way to their polling unit I saw the line on mine and I told them farewell I'm sure that by the time I'm done um you guys will just be starting. 
but the reverse was the case. So that's my very first experience. Um, the, the POs and everybody on ground and some of the party agents, I don't know if it was a lack of um, collaborative efforts or what. It took us five hours just to line up. And I'm, I'm saying this, I'm counting my words because we lined up for the supposed accreditation. And then I went when I got to the front line, I realized they were just ticking the papers that were put on the wall. And then I asked, what is the accreditation? And then the guy says, this is the accreditation. And then I looked at the second line, which I ended up spending another three hours for was, that's the beavers. And then I stood and I said, no, the accreditation is what the beavers is for. This paper is just knowing that this is a polling unit. And then we just do the beavers, go to the uh, whosoever was handing out the ballot papers. And when we cast our votes and then everybody just, they were quiet. So at that point, it was like, OK, I think there's some sort of uh, I don't even know what was happening there. Is it that the POs didn't know what they were to do, what was happening? And then at that point, I said, OK, I got after like, that was exactly seven hours going, just going from one line to the other, getting the um, beavers done and then getting my ballot paper and then signing. But interestingly, when we're done with all of that, it got to about uh, five o'clock and they were saying, nobody can accredit at this point. I said, no, we can see all over social media that even the INEC chairman has said we can go on because a lot of issues. They also came late, as I understood, because I got there at 10. I thought they were there from 8.30. So you, they were supposed to cover up for the two hours that were passed. There were just four people that they didn't allow at the end of the day because I think they came in a bit later. And then it got to the point where we're now counting the results. I noticed the intimidation, even from some of the party agents, um, the the guy that I thought um, was supposed to be very neutral, I'm not going to call names or what party he was from, was actually aiding and abetting. And then it got to the point where they started to now record. After counting, oh yes, it was clear. Everybody counted, it was evident. Now time to enter it into the paper. And then that was a frustrating part. The PO couldn't even record it properly. She was making a lot of errors. I just took it upon myself. Even my parents knew. They said, David, when you're done casting your votes, leave that place and come home. Nope, I wasn't going to do that. I stood there and then I saw that lady fidgeting. So I walked up right in front of her. She was in a very small table. What's happening now? Let's finish this and just upload on Beavers as, as the case might be. And then I noticed she was kind of scared, but I noticed it was the party agents that were actually putting all of that fear on her. So I sat down there. This lady had to cancel a lot of things because I stood there. I said, you must write the correct thing. She started with entering how many people were accredited. And then she said, how many people voted? How would the voting number be more than the accredited, uh, accredited people? And I said, no, that's wrong. So that's I stood there. Thing. She corrected it. After correct, because that meant that they were going to cancel that polling unit because that's what the beavers was for. So I stood there and I said, no, you must correct this. And then all the alterations you've made, ensure that you sign on them. And so she signed on them. The guys were just there like, uh -uh, what is wrong? We are the party agents. We are here for you. One of them said, I'm the party agents. We are here for you. I said, no, at this point, I am here for the masses that are not partisan. So at this point, I will make sure that the writing is done. So they didn't understand where I was coming from. I had all the info that I needed. So I stood there. She wrote everything correctly. And there was now time to check when she wrote down all the party uh, votes to cross-check with the total number. And it was shot by, I think, three votes. I said, no. Party agents, you guys were writing. I have it in my head. What were the numbers here? What was the number there? What was the number there? And the guy said, oh, this number, this number, this number. So we now got down to one. I can remember that party very well. It was Booth Party that had one vote. And it was written zero. I said, no, put it there. Then one supernatural party agent said, no, just put it anywhere. I said, number one, we will stand for integrity at this unit. You must put it that Booth, Booth Party had one vote and make it done. And he shouted. And I said, no, don't shut me up. Immediately I said it because everybody saw me standing and making sure the writing was done. I rose my voice. So everybody ran there and said, what's happening? The guy begged. He said, yeah, nothing, no, nothing, no. So that was the confidence that I had because everybody had their faith in me that, oh, I was standing there to ensure that all the party agents were doing the right thing. That was day one. The beavers were supposedly to have been uploaded. And then I went home and remembered, oh, that's true. I've not checked IREV. And then I checked IREV. There was nothing there. I kept checking until like the first week. We all know what happened. After like one week, results started going in. That was the end. So day two, in terms of election day two, which was the governorship elections, I woke up in the morning. I was telling everybody in the house, Oh yeah, it's time again. I I feel I, I I received some sort of um, resistance because my my folks were saying 
don't you hear what's happening? There's a lot of intimidation. I said, Mio, if it means that I'm going to be the hero, I will go out to go and cast my vote. So while we're talking, um, the neighbor that accompanied us the last time just came out and said, ah, uh, Mr. David, something's happening around though. Then I just looked up on, it's like a main road across my street. I saw people just running up back and forth. People were running back and forth. And I said, ah, what's happening? I don't, I'm not sure it's violence. I just think it's boys because usually the young guys were playing football all over. And then lo and behold, I dressed up and I was on my way to my polling units. And it was just like a movie because I saw it on the internet that people were being intimidated. I said, not my area. Right in front of my street, which is far away from the polling unit, there were four polling units on that row. My own is 001. And because it's, it's, I think it was the first one. So everybody was there. That's why we had a larger population. Right in front of my street, I see a bottle flying over. Oh. I see three guys coming out with bottles in their hands. And then I see a guy with a matchet holding the matchet and chasing back everybody. First, I was sad because they were shouting, where are all those Omoibos? I was devastated. I thought I could identify some faces so that I can walk up and say, are you mad? But I didn't see any face. So I just assumed if I go there, I also look like someone that they are tagging an Omoibo. So I just had to. My mom heard and just ran and said, Oga, start coming back. So just because I know that I'm putting everybody at risk, I had to come back home. And it was sad that I now became the advocate telling everybody, please go back to your house. Please go back to your house. I had to turn people back because these guys were in front there committing a lot of havoc. I heard that they beat up an elderly man over 60 years because he was saying he was going to vote. But to cut the long story short, it was the worst, as Gaza said, the worst election ever. I didn't think people would go so low as to fight our brothers and our sisters. I didn't think young boys were so empowered to want to deprive people from voting. And I still think I need to state this here. The person who incited that um, form of, of very poor experience should be jailed and should pay for it because he clearly made that statement. And if anybody will hear this, I think it's a very wonderful thing that they hold him accountable. If they will do that in, in developed countries to hold people who incite such um, um, issues or outside the countries, I think we should hold that person accountable and remove all of that childish behavior and try to manage what he has caused. Um, thank you for listening to my long story. <laughs> thank you, David. My own experience for the governorship election, my polling unit was actually quite small. There was nothing, nothing happened there. It was far from my house, but I, I told myself that I'm going to vote. I'm a first-time voter. I told myself I was going to vote. I want to participate. I want to be involved in my government in building a better society. So the first step is to actually go out and vote. So it didn't matter the distance. I decided to go to vote. On my way back, there's a polling unit beside my house. What I heard there, what I saw, young boys, we actually know these people, what they were doing, they were chasing people away, saying, okay, Igbos, go back to your states, you can't vote here. It was police officers that were parading that came there to end the scene. And I was just like thanking God that, thank God this was not my police unit because I don't know how I would have survived it. And then for the presidential, when I went to vote <laughs> on the beavers during accreditation, I was told that I was registered as a male on the beavers. <laughs> At first, I was confused. I said, but on your on your register, I'm a female. On this card, my, my permanent voters card, I'm a female. Every other place is written as female. So why on your beavers? And so they said, because of it's written male on the beavers, I could not vote. And I insisted. I said, no, in my head, I'm saying that I can't walk all the way from my house only to get here and not be able to vote. So I insisted that I'm not going anywhere. Whatever it is they have to do, they have to fix it. They told me that I would have to wait until after elections to go to their office to correct it. I told them it was not my error. The error came from INEC. You have to fix it. So one of them said they were going to make a call. And then he stepped out for a while and then he came back. He told the other INEC staff that, okay, she can go ahead to be accredited. Let's see if the system recognizes her. And that's how I did the facial accreditation. And it was good to go. I said, ah, thank you. <laughs> 
And so I was able to I was able to vote. But then it turns out that there was somebody else that had the same issue, but they sent the woman away and she left. So what they were doing was they had to start looking for her number to try and contact her so that she can come back to vote. That was my own experience. But I realized that not everybody had the same experience that I had. And people were actually going through a lot. I remember a video of one of the celebrities and she said how their polling unit was inside an estate, but then the INEC staff pulled them outside. Asked them to come outside. Yeah, to come outside to vote on the express. And inside the estate, that is more conducive. It is safer. And there is like a lot of space, kind of piece, everything set up. And you are telling these people to come outside to vote on the road and you just set up only three canopies for over how many thousands of people this is not the plan of nigerians this was not what we we looked forward to when we were planning on coming to vote this was not our plan and if you could see the movements like i said 37 million of registered voters were young people 37 million so they all decided to vote and imagine what our vote could have done but let's just move on Grace, what do you think of the use of technology in the general elections? Okay, um, the use of technology, that's the beavers, was supposed to make things easier, for easier identification of the voters before, you know, they cast their votes. And to also make things easier um, for INEC, so instead of having to go through the stress of having to upload things manually, you know, results would just automatically, you know, feed into their servers and then they collate and, you know, announce results. But that wasn't the case. I feel there was poor management. And if there's a word as on something on being underused, <laughs> like the purpose why technology was um, factored in, into this year's election was was not, it wasn't the case. Let me even digress a bit um, down to the amount of money that was budgeted for this election. Now, look at that that huge amount of money. There was this meme I saw online that I'm angry that I was having to put my ballot paper inside bonds. <laughs> plastic I saw that container. too. And I was like, with a budget, and um, we are still having plastics, you know, as, um, and cardboard and everything. Exactly, as ballot box with handwritten markers. With... <laughs> I've never seen a more, like, the, the poor management. This was beyond, there was no excellence to the use of technology here. There was no excellence to. And also, I, I also envisage that they didn't train their staffs on how to use these technologies. So how do you give someone gun to go to war and then you don't teach them how to load the gun, you don't teach them how to shoot? So they had the technology, but... I poor knowledge on how to use it. And I would I won't say poor knowledge, I'll say negligence in the sense that knowing fully well that these are technologies that I was supposed to use, it was INEX's duty to ensure that every officer who was supposed to be responsible for any pulling units goes through proper training on how to leverage on these technologies. But that was the that wasn't the case. David was saying he had to show people how to use Viva. It happened in my center as well. So the technology was available. Trust me, with the technology that has been made available, now it's enough for Nigeria to have a free and fair and credible election. But it, the technology, the use of technology was undermined there was it wasn't used properly they, their staffs were not even trained so i didn't know if it was ignorance but ignorance is still not an excuse because they, they, they it's not today they started planning for this election so if you knew this was what you're going to use you should have trained your staffs on how to use these things and then put down and uh, you know strict rules when it comes to how they report the results you know to the servers and everything but with this, what happened, even if the money that was allocated for this election was used to get a, a higher advanced technology, it will still not work. So I, I would say the role of technology was highly undermined. Um, it was there to make things easier, but I didn't see it play out. Thank you, Grace. What about you, Gaza? What's your thoughts on the use of technology? The use of technology in this year's election, to me, um, only solved one problem. Uh, it reduced the level of rigging. Um, if we look clearly in uh, 2020, Gaza, uh, Gaza, are you saying the level of rigging? <laughs> no, no, no. It's reduced. 
yes, it reduced the level of rigging. Um, in the past, when we have elections in 2019, um, what people usually do is to get the number of ballot papers within a, a polling unit. Um, people sit down in their houses, even without going to the polling unit, to just thumb print, thumb print, thumb print, thumb print, thumb print. So if uh, we're able to register over 1 million um, voters within my locality, then automatically if 100 people vote, we'll have to thumb print for the many ballot papers, the ones that we can carry and thumb print on. That's what we'll put in the box and take to INEC office. And that's why in the past you'll be seeing uh, places like um, Chiroma Ward in Asara State producing 200,000 votes. And this year, they were unable to even produce 60,000 votes. The world is big. It has a lot of polling units, but it does not have... Um, the, the people in the polling units do, do not tally with the, the, the largeness or how big the world is, you get. So to an extent, it only reduced, but it did not stop rigging. Because this time around, rigging was not done at the polling units, but rather at the collation center. So I will say it reduced rigging at the polling unit. I think I, ag I agree with you now. I understand where yeah. you're coming. Yes. Okay, at the so like unit. the quantity of the rigging, that's what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this yes. is level. We have the beginner level. <laughs> <laughs> we have advanced and we have experts. <laughs> <laughs> so, probably Gaza will tell yes. us what level that what level of rigging happened this year. <laughs> this is an upgraded uh, rigging level. Man, another Aito. It's bigger than us. This one. But um, I think um, the um, the beavers also helped uh, in collecting um, information. So um, when we have court cases, the beavers will help us to an extent um, get evidence of um, election. Because the beavers um, carry uh, accredited voters, so we have their pictures and the number of people that were accredited at that polling unit. So immediately after the elections, if it's been updated, it goes straight to the server where it is being saved. So you can go there and see your results and also compare what was announced at the polling unit and what was um, uploaded at the RF. So um, I think um, where issues... Um, issues that I notice, or things that I notice that INEC have to um, check and resolve is um, uploading of um, results at the world level. Um, I, I, I was unable to find where all world results were uploaded because if world results are also uploaded, although on the IRF, there's a place where they snap um, world results to upload, but I can't find it there. So if we can get the result from the world level so we can also cross check um what is uploaded at the world level with what we have at hand to compare the um form of irregularities that must have happened um during the course of the elections another thing that actually um struck my mind was who were the uh, who, who were the people who were licensed to you know manage um the collation of results you know from the back end so this kind of, these are the kind of things that should be made. I don't know if it's possible, was if, if it's possible to make them public. Do you understand? So that's and what regulatory body was responsible, you know, to monitor, you know, all of these processes. Yes. So I don't know if I don't INEC is an independent body. So I, I don't know who is responsible for monitoring what they do. Is it the judiciary? Is it the it's something that right? needs to be looked into because you're right, they are a body, but we actually need somebody that would check that body. We need an, an external that also check that body so we can be sure of everything that is happening. I would say um, the beavers helped, but the other side of it is um, is this other side of um, people trying to manipulate the whole system, still using the, the beavers, because what they do is uh, at, the, uh, at the polling unit, they tell you there's no network, um, we don't have password. Um, they did not teach us how to use or how to upload these beavers. So we have to return back to the office. And automatically, if they do, do not upload your results there, automatically they can upload anything. You see some um, poly units like one in Kefi where he had to snap, um, he has to snap, let me say, a leaf to upload. 
if you check the results, you see snap them. themselves. <laughs> yes, or snap themselves to upload. And so what do you call that? Because the results of that polling unit is not online, but it's just a leave that is there. This election has helped us to um, to look at the Nigerian judicial um, system to be faulty. Because how a politician rig an election in an open where there are evidence and he's boldly telling you to your face, let's meet in the court. So um, I think um, these are things that Nigerians have to sit down and look critically. And we have to question the integrity of our judiciary system because if our judiciary system continues to be faulty, then I think um, the uh, electionary process and every other process in Nigeria will be faulty. And um, people who have been caught um, acting or violating the electoral act or the electoral process should be jailed if the judicial system is working because we can petition these individuals and these individuals will not be bold enough to come out in public to do what they are doing. So I think the judicial system needs to be checked uh, because I heard you talking about um, who monitors um, the INEC. I think the judicial the judiciary should be able to do that when people file in a case against a particular presiding officer or about an election. Those who are found wanting, um, who who joined um, to carry out those activities, should be held responsible and should be jailed. For um, there should be consequences for um, every wrongdoings that um, each. Um, presiding officer or any member of INEC should do. So I think um, the judiciary should be questioned and I think um, Steve rules should be created or should be should be made after these elections, after dissecting and looking at these elections holistically. I think that is my take on the beavers and the um, and the technologies introduced in these particular elections. Thank you. Thank you, Gaza. Let me let me ask David. David, do you agree with Gaza in regards to the use of technology um, reducing electoral malpractice? Um, it would be nice to also mention that that was where we had all our hopes in the inclusion of uh, a credible uh, form of technology was where all of us thought ah, it can never be manipulated. But unfortunately, um, I think it was intentionally. Um, where we have the POs and the INEC officials who couldn't use the, the devices, I think uh, it's just my claim that I think it was in, intentional for them to not be fully educated. Because if you know, because I guess the back end of the beavers where the collation happens, I guess the back end of the beavers was airtight, I guess. And that's why they were not intentionally trained as to uploading. And some of them had issues with snapping leaves and they came to the point and said okay we are not uploading at the polling units we're now going to the local government's um, um, centers to upload and intentionally that was where we saw that people were, were uploading uh, I, I don't know if i'll call them falsified results where you had the original results being put and then there's a paper put on top and then they are writing at, at a point i thought it was maybe my my three-year-old that was giving that stuff to just manipulate so we had all our hopes in the beavers. I can categorically say that there was no use of technology because technology was supposed to help the election go smoothly. If at the end of the day we need a beavers, then why not just move directly to electronically vote? Why do we still need ballot papers? So it comes to your question, do I see the need for technology or what does technology or what will technology do to elections? It will do a lot. Let's look at the advanced countries. They don't need to go and line up in in, in uh, a queue to just print or thumb print on a paper. They go to a booth. It's called voting booths, just like an ATM. Make, do the election and they go. I was speaking to somebody on the day of the election, the last gubernatorial election. He's in Canada. He said his friends say, oh, I'm going to vote. While during the lunch and less than 40 minutes, they were back. And he said, this can never happen in Nigeria. They all went to a polling booth, no queues. They put their fingers there. That machine also does the verification and it's collated at one in a split of a second. It's just like sending a WhatsApp message to Vanessa and Vanessa is getting it instantly. There's a backend, there's a server. Therefore, I would say if we really want to say we included technology, we didn't. And if we really want to, then let's invest on voting electronically. 
At a point, I heard that this was in the Senate, but now I can't hear anything about it anymore. Why can't we get to that point? And that's why we need a lot of progressive thinking people in the House of Senate and in you know, the places where these decisions are made. So I would say, yes, it helped to reduce manipulation uh, at the polling units, but it didn't reduce manipulation in the election. For, for a matter of fact, this was the worst election, not just because of all the wrong things that happened, but because it was easily manipulated. As Gaza also said, while we're counting the election from the north, we had uh, the PDP candidate winning. And then in the split of second, in less than hours, we saw over three million of gaps. My guess is, not just guess now, we saw young children under age. I don't think we saw them much this time, or except it was properly managed. And then my guess was probably some animals, maybe cows, maybe trees also voted. Because at the end of the day, we saw that the beavers maybe helped in reducing that level of manipulation at the polling units. But then it was still very much manipulated at whatever level I was, because when the beavers failed, everything failed. We only saw that a lot of people didn't vote, but we had a lot of irregularities in the results and the end. So I would say for a progressive Nigeria, let us imbibe more um, structured ways to include technology because it does a lot. And then also about who sits and who holds INEC accountable. I think the very first mistake is making INEC very much independent. It means that the leader of INEC is at the level of the president and can do whatever he wishes. It means that he can be called on the phone and say, manipulate the, the results. And he's not looking up to someone to say, if you manipulate it, you are in trouble. It means that there was no committee put in place because everything we heard was go to court rather than, oh, we, are, we, are, we listen to you, we understand. I think there was also a very high level of, um, um, what's the word to use now, insensitivity as to how we see that there, there's mayhem happening in the country and some people are sitting down and saying, oh, the election continues. You can't say there's a fight in your house and then you could keep at it and say, oh, let's go along, Nigeria moves. Sorry to digress, but back to it. Technology was not used in this election. If indeed we want to see a better electoral system, yes, let us include a very well-structured system of technology. Thank you. Thank you, David. You have all spoken well. There's something David mentioned about um, electronic voting and all of that. Somebody on Twitter said, imagine a seamless voters validation system that combines the strength of BVN, NIN, enabling citizens to vote effortlessly through a simple USSD code. And what occurred to me when I saw that was, you know, when you when you type in that code on your phone and it brings out option A, B, C, and then imagine if option A, B, C were all the parties and then you just click on the option that you wanted, like the party that you wanted, and then that option automatically, automatically goes to like the server where it's supposed to be. And imagine if then we now had like a live... Ah, but like a live screen, like something that shows as votes are entering, exactly, so dashboard. everybody could, yeah, <laughs> could see it. And uh. so you know, okay, this party is meaning this. Like as a as a voter entering, as people are doing that on their phone, they could actually see live. That is accountability. That is transparency. That is everything. That is integrity. Well, while we're talking, I was too, I was brainstorming in my head. I'm like, okay. Um, from what um, Gaza said about the IREVs and how it is, so the people have to snap and upload. Now, I w- it got me thinking, even co- Common Excel will probably have done a better job than what those IREVs did. <laughs> I, I might be wrong. Why are, you, why are they snapping? Like, so it, I'm now questioning what's happening at the collation point. Yeah, Permit me to jump in. Permit me to jump Please go in. ahead. Um, yeah. So for, for the beavers, because I was able to like see what the beavers was, it was I felt like it was a privilege because since the madam couldn't use it, let's work together. While I saw it, the picture is just an evidence to back up the imputed results. So what they were supposed to do on the beavers was polling unit A, two, my own was 223 people voted, they type it there. 220 uh, 20 people were allowed to vote, they type it there. APC had two votes. PDP had two votes. Labour Party had two votes. They type it there and they upload it and it's going to a central system that has a back end, maybe Excel. And in order to say that that was not permutation and combination, that, um, I can't remember what the name of the paper is, 
they will snap it as an additional evidence. That was what it was for. Yes. But what I observed was that, exactly, what I observed was that they refused to enter those things. They thought us Nigerians didn't know. Most of us didn't know. I only saw it. Because at that point, she typed her name, she typed her uh, number, but she didn't put the results. And then in a hoax, says she snapped the results, which I went home and checked wasn't there. So what they did was just deceive all of us, did not upload, and then they left. So that was what the beavers were supposed to be for. It's a central system that, just like Vanessa said, a dashboard that it is uploaded to. Nobody should manipulate it. That was what the beavers was for. And that's why I could say there was no use of technology. It was just a way to get us to re to just agree. And I don't know if Gaza has anything else to add. And, and just to say, and also, you know, there's Excel, there's this thing where you can lock shit and no matter who uses it, nobody can alter can whatever happens. Exactly. So that is what I, I suppose their back end should have been. As people are imputing those results, whoever is in charge of collision, nobody, like, Nobody can manipulate it. Let's say, even if there are people who actually set these codes, right? It should be like one, two, three people who, have, who only have these access codes. Like for mm -hmm. crying out loud, this is like, this is this is a general election. It's I, I didn't and they, I don't I didn't think they understood how delicate this process was. This is yes. this process was like Nigeria's baby. So, but you know, it, let's, it, they asked us to go to court. So interestingly. Interestingly, what you just said now reminded me of what we did in my school's um, presidential election. election. So we have this Covenant University alumni election, and we have over 15,000 alumni across the world, and we all voted. What they did was get someone to develop an app. The guy developed the app. Real time. I just remembered now. Real time. All of us could see the dashboard saying who was winning and who wasn't winning. We didn't need to manipulate the election because I, I don't know I if... need that guy's number. Let's recommend. Recommendation. Let's we didn't recommend. need 250-something billion to do that. We didn't need to send people to locations. We didn't need to send people to, to our school to say we want to do an election and we want some people to stand at the back end. No. We just all had the application logged in with our matriculation number logged in with our phone email address because in the registration point we did that and just click a button to say this is who i'm voting for and real time everybody that voted could see this is the number of people who has voted for and this is who is winning at that time i don't know if we didn't have people who were progressively thinking about this and i don't know if because the, the, there's a fear of oh the party who shouldn't be there at any point would lose because we cannot manipulate it. I don't think we should do that. And I'm hoping that we have a lot of progressive thinking people. I'm not saying young people intentionally. We need progressive thinking people because who were the ones carrying cutlasses? Young people. Progressive thinking people who will go into the legislative arm, the judiciary, and even the presidency and change things around. A lot of things will be better. Thanks. Let me add my voice to that. Beavers served three purposes: transmission of results, acquisition of voters, and also registration of voters. Um, like I earlier said, um, manipulations this time around um, were done at um, the ward level. So you can see um, like a clear result of Guyam Ward. When you sum all the results there, it will give you 9,123. But if you check the votes, of one particular political party, I don't need to call the name of the party. They have 29,000 votes. So if you add the accredited voters, just 9,123, then if you look at the total number of people that vote, it's just 9,102 you get. So it's even lesser than the accredited voters, but the total number of votes for a particular political party is 29,000. If you sum their votes together, it's just like 5,000 plus. But what they wrote as total down is 29,000. And that's the results they are now taking to the state level to go and present, which um, this result automatically will have been cancelled. You understand? That particular um, um, word will have been cancelled completely because of fraud. All the, the, the votes that was added will have been removed. But these things were not removed. But these particular sheets were carried to the state level and it was announced. So to an extent, I want us to look at um, 
I will not say we should condemn the beavers because I will applaud the beavers for saving us a, a lot of troubles. Okay. Thank you so much, Gaza. And then what lesson now, what lesson did we get from the elections that you would like to share with first-time voters in 2027, the ones that will be coming in future? Um, okay, for the lessons learned, I would say my vote is my right. It is not for sale. So my advice to the young voters that are coming after us, regardless of what these sad um, incidents that have surrounded this year's election, it shouldn't deter us from, you know, ensuring that we cast our votes because it is our fundamental human right and it's what you're entitled to do as a citizen um, of this nation. Um, so I would say it won't change my obligation as a Nigerian to cast my votes to ensure that we elect the right people, you know, to be in position and get things done. So I would advise people to um, trust the process because we are in a process to be honest, before things get better, it gets really bad. And I trust that with all that has happened, the world is watching, um, not just Nigerians. I, I am certain um, before the next election, INEC would have been gone through some reforms. And, you know, um, the, the use of technology would still be some, you know, redesigned to, you know, our approach to use technology um, to make the elections um, system better. So I'm I'm hopeful that a lot of things would be looked at and system will be put in place. And regardless, people should not be scared of casting their votes. It is your right. So go there and cast your votes. It's not going to make you lesser of who you are. We all are Nigerians, no matter how far, all the people that are jack mine, no matter how far you want to run, uh, you we all have a place where we want to call home and that we can always return to so don't regard don't let what has happened deter your mind from you know voting when it comes to nigerian election and i'm certain that in no distance time we'll get it right so grace would you be voting in the next elections oh yes i can't <laughs> right <laughs> but i mean i'm definitely because i had friends who came all the way from uk just to vote and they left like two days afterwards so wow. yeah Okay, thank you, Grace. David, please. I was just thinking about it, and um, as patriotic as I am, the only thing and the very first thing that came to my mind is Halima's Votes um, popular soundtrack. There's a dream in my heart, a light in the dark, allowed me to help me see that one day everybody will have everything that we need. And the only way we can do that is to not run away from our civic responsibilities. So I've learned that a lot of people are afraid of the younger population of the country, not just because they're a large number, but because they are very much enlightened about how things can be. And I've also learned that there's so much strength in our numbers. And if we can get the electoral officers um, and then the uh, politicians to be people who are of young minds, progressive thinking, Nigeria will achieve all of those things that Halima's vote says all of us will achieve. What have I also learned again? You know, in the past, we used to say, vote, your vote is uh, your right. Make sure you're not manipulated and protect your votes. I've learned that all what I said before the election was like a toddler kind of measure. We need to intensify it. We need to tell people more. We need to let people know that those guys who are hoodlums on the streets and will attack us are because they don't know us. And not just because they don't know us, but because they don't know better. For example, the boys in my area that did all of those things were not imported from Kotonu. Neither were they imported from Guagalada. They stayed within those places. Sometimes there are people we look down on. Sometimes there are people we do not even give opportunities. What if rather than hating on them because they were empowered wrongly, we then find ways. We don't need to give them money. We don't need to make them feel great. We just need to make them feel like they are valid. They know what to do. We enlighten them. We talk to them. I also learned that those boys who did those things can switch to become people who fight for justice. Rather than being given 500 naira to just destroy an electoral process that meant a lot to the country, we would rather see them be the ones who will be protective. So I learned very much that those people are people that we need to talk to. We need to hold them well. We need to educate them some more. They're not on Twitter. 
they're in the streets. So we talk to them just like we talk on Twitter, or we talk on social media, we talk to them as well because they're the ones that have been empowered. Who are the ones also going around to steal ballot boxes? We still saw that this year, unfortunately. But we need to make sure that those people are also empowered right rather than going the wrong way. We need to see that they can see opportunities, they can be employed. We also saw that the political um, class in the country are way beyond powerful. And how do we get them to be less powerful? Is to try to disenfranchise all what they think they have, the power they think they have, to reduce it to the barest minimum. We've been fighting for no godfatherism. Unfortunately, even the young ones we have still have their principles. So I also learned that in order to have a working system, in order to have the Labour Party people who have gotten into a lot of power, um, or public offices, in order to get the young people who have gotten into young um, um, political offices to be accountable, is to put structures and systems that will hold them firm to say, we are here because we want to make Nigeria better. We're not just here because it's a means to an end. Instead of Jakba, enter politics. No, that's not what we want. So I've learned that the people that I can talk to on every level, the grassroots yes. level, um, the yes. international level, um, the political office level, we will talk to them and we'll make them realize it's not just supporting or, spo- or getting to sponsor other people. I've learned that we also need to have the right mindset to make our country better. Thank you very much. So does that mean you'll be voting oh, in the next election? Very, very much. Yes, I would be. And I'll make sure I do more than I did this last time. <laughs> Thank you, David. What about you, Gaza? I've learned a lot of um, lessons in these um, elections 2023. And um, I'm going to call out to Nigerians that we must educate our voters on the Electoral Act. All voters in Nigeria from SS3 and SS2 um, down um, to the East should be educated on, um, on the Electoral Act and the do's and don'ts of the Electoral Act. I feel a lot of Nigerians do not know what the Electoral Act is saying. Now, knowing the Electoral Act will help us to understand what to do and what not to do. What is the role of INEC? What is the role of security personnel at the polling unit? What is the role of um, the military personnel? And what is the role of the stakeholders um, during the elections? I, and Nigerians need to know that all government officials and every citizen of Nigeria during elections are alike. Um, there's no superior power over me um, because all of us are there to exercise our franchise and vote. So um, um, more emphasis should be made on the Electoral Act and the electoral law so that Nigerians will understand the electoral process better. And um, finally, I would like to call on uh, Nigerians and I will appreciate the um, step of Nigeria for what they have been doing um, regardless of um, um, their, their work, um, which is on anti-corruption. And um, that can also be expanded to talk to Nigerians on election uh, corruption. Um, I think um, that's another aspect that we have to look into um, to educate Nigerians what is wrong in the election, um, manipulations are wrong, and those who engage in election corruption and fraud, um, that is also um, going to add up to bad governance, which is going to affect me and you. Um, finally, um, David had said a lot of things, and Grace also has said a lot of things, which I really, really appreciate. Um, elections, manipulation, toggery, rascality of elections are being carried out by youths and people who are on the streets. Now, these street individuals need to hear the truth, and this truth will come out from our lips um, via um, advocacies, via um, um, radio programs, via TV programs of us telling them the reality on ground. Uh, we need to engage these individuals and tell them the truth. Manipulations of election and psychological um, twatting of the thinking of um, these individuals at these local streets is easily done by politicians. But we in our own side need to reach out to these individuals and show them the reality 
of where the country is and what is actually happening in the country and what their actions can lead um, this country into. And I will say, if, the, if we can achieve this as a nation and as a group and as uh, an organization or as, uh, as a people, Nigeria will be a better place. So I sincerely appreciate everyone. And in 2027, I know I'm going to cast my votes. And for all the, um, the court cases, we, they, they have sent us to court and they have sent all Nigerians to court <laughs> who follow the, the court proceedings and uh, where evidences are needed. Um, if we can provide those evidences, we'll make um, those evidences available. Um, so that justice can prevail in Nigeria. I think a fight for Nigeria, a fight for justice in Nigeria is the fight of all meaningful Nigerians because we want to secure our country and get our country running back how it should be. So thank you and God bless you. Thank you, Gaza. Thank you so much, everyone. And before we go, just one final word from any one of you. What was your message to INEC? Okay, um, I'm going to read out INEC's mission statement. INEC's mission statement is to serve as an independent body committed to conduct free, fair, and credible elections for sustainable dem democracy in Nigeria. So please, INEC, stick to your mission statement and do your job. We are not begging, it's your job. So do your job and take responsibility and ensure that going forward, we have free and fair elections and credible elections, because if we don't have these credible elections, like your mission statement has said, we won't have sustainability when it comes to our democracy. Our democracy in Nigeria becomes threatened, and when that happens, what's left of us as a nation? So please, just do your job. You have one, just one work. Do your job. Thank you. Thank you so much, Grace. Thank you, everyone. Well, there you have it. The youth are still hopeful. We believe in a better Nigeria. We believe that more work can still be done. As we could see in the general elections that took place, many people came out to vote, especially the youth. And they did that not because of whatever it is that they must have heard of in the past. They did that because they believe with their votes, they could get good leadership. With their votes, they could get good quality service delivery. And that is what we are all about, quality service delivery and doing what is right for Nigeria. We're definitely getting there. Thank you all for being here once again. And thank you, our listener, for staying till the end. This episode can be found on all podcasting platforms. So please share, share, share. And to stay updated on our work at Step Up Nigeria, can you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at step underscore up underscore Nigeria, on LinkedIn at Step Up for Social Development and Empowerment in Nigeria, on TikTok at Step Up Nigeria TV, and on YouTube at Step Up TV. Till next time, goodbye.